This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone, thanks for joining the To Hull and Back podcast sponsored by Kingfisher and Old Zoological Bar in Hull. I'm your host Nathaniel and tonight I'm joined by Connor Southwell of the Pinken. Before we preview the match uh, under the stadium lights at the MKM on Friday night against Norwich City. So uh, Connor, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, thank you Nathaniel. Thank you very much for, for having me on. I'm uh, yeah, really looking forward to Friday's game I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's always nice, I think, um, especially if you win the game. So maybe not nice for one of the two teams. But if you win the game, going into the rest of the weekend, seeing everyone else play, knowing you've already won or got a good result, that's nice. But then, of course, it's sort of disappointing that come sort of Saturday, three o'clock, you might not have the chance to sort of, uh, you know, get points if you've already lost. So it's a difficult one on Friday, but it should be a good match. So, yeah, just tell us a little bit about Norwich City, how they're doing. Because it's been a long time since we played them. It was the first game of the season um, with that sort of uh, controversial goal from the corner, I think. But uh, how have Norwich done since then? Yeah, it's uh, it's not been a great season, I think, is, is fair to say. There's a, a lot of frustration in, in the air at this moment in time um, among supporters for, for lots of reasons. Some of it is, um, and probably the majority of it, is aimed towards... David Wagner this at this moment in time um and then there's there's a lot of it which is aimed at the general kind of direction of travel that the club are, are going on and actually the regression that they've made in in the last three seasons so yeah there's, there's there's a lot going on they're not in the best place I would say coming into Friday's game they've um they've been on quite a few streaks um so the the start so the, the win on the the start of the season that started a, a run I think of 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 six wins in or, or six wins in seven um, and then they had a really poor autumn that coincided with uh, a lot of injuries then they had a little bit of a pickup in sort of early December late November time um, whether it was one defeat in eight and now they're on a run again of uh, one win in six heading into this game and, and, and Norwich come into the, this game off the back of a disappointing FA Cup 
draw last week with with League One side Bristol Rovers at Carrow Road and uh, a 1-1 draw against Southampton where they were very fortunate to get a point and um, played in uh, a pretty negative style which frustrated a lot of fans. So yeah, there's there's a lot of frustration in the air. There's a lot of unhappiness and unrest and um, probably a, a real inconsistency that's, that's probably summed them up this season, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norwich 13th in the table at the moment. Mm. So was that below expectations? Because, I mean, there's been a lot of talk this year with uh, Southampton, Leeds and Leicester being so strong about parachute payment clubs, but Norwich haven't really benefited from that. So is it below expectations? Yeah, I think so. And I think you, you also have to throw in last season as well, where it was their first season back down from the Premier League and uh, they finished 13th. So in the, in the bottom half of the championship table. So um, that was not good enough really for the level of player and, and squad and, and finance that they that they had. Um, and, and that's probably carried into this season, really. There's some really good individuals in there. Josh Sargent, who's, who's just returned from a pretty lengthy injury. Uh, Gabriel Sara, who's, who's one of the best midfielders in, in the league, without doubt. John Rowe, who's had a real breakthrough campaign. Um, and yet it feels they're very reliant at this moment in time, particularly from an attacking perspective, on individual quality, on moments, rather than sort of attacking structures. So, yeah, I, I think there's always an expectation when Norwich are in the Championship that they're sort of in and around the top six, and to an extent they are. But actually, I think there's a degree of fortune about where they find themselves because performance-wise, they haven't really played well since that run in August. Um, uh, certainly for a full game, they've they've played well in, in bursts. Um and so I, th- I think the general feeling is is that this is an Norwich group that's underachieving. It's an Norwich group that David Wagner should be getting a lot more out of than than he is doing at this moment in time, and and that probably sums up why there's so much frustration about about where they find themselves. Because you know you look externally, it's it's five points off the off the top six, and, and, and a win on Friday night would take them within one point of Hull, for example. So it's it's not the end of the world where they find themselves, but actually dig a bit deeper in performances, uh, style of play. Uh, some of the, some of the strategical decisions, some of the elements that are going on off the pitch, all of that kind of adds up to this sort of uh, toxic mix that is um, surrounding Norwich at the moment, and and that is is probably hampering them on the pitch to an extent. So um, yeah, below expectations for sure, um, and probably everyone feeling that it's going to need a little bit of a rebuild um, to, to to fix what is quite a big, I don't want to say mess, but certainly quite a few problems at the football club. Mm-hmm. We've got a comment here saying that they think that Wagner might be sacked if they lose to us. And what exactly are your thoughts on him at the moment? I was thinking that he'd come in at some point during this season because I thought that with the poor form you had, surely you would have sacked the manager by now. But he's been here since maybe roughly this time last season, right? Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 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 last week, I think, or this week, last week, yeah, um, was his kind of year anniversary. As, as, as Norwich head coach and 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 you're right I think I think there has been a little bit of confusion as as to why that that button hasn't been pressed yet and and there are lots of reasons for it for example uh Norwich City had a change of sporting director in amongst what was a really poor run um earlier on in the season in that autumn where they, they had seven defeats in in nine games which at most championship clubs would would spell the end of the road for the manager um but because Norwich had an outgoing sporting director and then replaced uh, Stuart Webber with, with Ben Napper from Arsenal there's been sort of this period of unease and, and settling in period where I think Ben Napper has wanted to assess things with with his own eyes um and to be frank the performances haven't 
been much improved. The the results obviously for a period were where they went one defeat in eight, but within that run, and I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful to these teams, but they they beat QPR and Sheffield Wednesday and Huddersfield. They were teams that are the wrong end of the division and, mm-hmm. and struggling for form a little bit, albeit you know QPR and Sheffield Wednesday have picked up since the managerial changes. Um, so yeah, I, I think Norwich fans are kind of asking themselves the same question because. Every game comes, another defeat comes, a run of defeats comes, and yet nothing really changes. And I think there's that that is kind of hints towards the frustration because there's a lot of supporters at the moment who don't feel like they're being heard and um, don't feel like they're being respected even by by the club's hierarchy. So there's there's kind of a lot of dynamics going on in in, in amongst this. But yeah, I, I think it's fair to say if he goes on a on a similar run to to what he went on in the autumn. And we're not that we're not that far off that now. I, I think it would be very difficult for him to survive as as Norwich City's head coach much longer. So, do you think he'll turn it around, or is it that that the performances aren't good enough to do that? Yeah, it's 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 really tough, isn't it? I'm sure you guys have have seen it at Hull. When a manager loses the the fans, it it becomes very very difficult. Not impossible, but very 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 difficult to see a way back for them. And uh, it it does feel and and actually Saturday's draw in the FA Cup um, against Bristol Rovers kind of felt like that was the point that it's really shifted and, and really turned again um, after what was a, a little bit of a revival at sort of um, o, o, sort of early December to, to just before the festive period. So um, I, I think it's going to be a struggle for him to turn it around now because of everything that's that's going on and the mood around him because he's, he's going to need such a good run of wins now and performances to change those opinions. And, and what it feels like is even if he wins on Friday, well, Norwich have West Brom at Carrow Road next Saturday. If they don't win that game, you kind of find yourself back in this position when people are asking questions about his future and, and venting their frustrations towards him. So once you get into this cycle, it feels very difficult to know how that ends other than a head coach leaving the club, which is a real shame because he's a, a really good guy and he's, he's handled himself really well over what's been some some pretty tough months at, at Norwich City. Yeah, I remember he scored, well, well he didn't score, but Notch scored was it eight goals in two games when he came in at Preston somewhere else. So it started pretty well, but um, I mean, Norwich played very well against us on the opening day, but it doesn't seem like we, we thought Norwich would be a good team and it turns out maybe we shouldn't have sort of been played off the park as much as we were in that first game. But uh, tell us a little bit about um, the FA Cup then, because we were disappointed to draw at home to Birmingham, but during at home to Bristol Road was probably even more disappointing. So what sort of went wrong? Yeah, and, and not just drawing to them, but for periods of that game being completely outplayed by them as well. And and, and that, I think, is the frustration from, from Norwich fans. Particularly, there was a spell in the first half where it was it was one-way traffic and barring a, a really good George Long save, someone that, that you guys know well, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and and the post, they, they would have found themselves behind at half-time, at which point I think it would have been really difficult. They had a couple of really good chances um, in the in the sort of 10 minutes after half-time. Adam Eder had, had two wonderful opportunities and uh, and squandered them both. And, and and after that, really, it was a bit stodgy in possession. They, they didn't really create much and Bristol Rovers could have nicked it at, at, at the death. And... Um, Again, they took the lead after sort of 10 minutes, 11 minutes. So you do that in a cup tie against a team that is in a lower division at home. There's the expectation that you go and kill off the tie. And they didn't do that. And, and defensively, we're, we're called out. Bristol Rovers deservedly equalised and, and, and were, were truly good value for, for the draw that they got and the replay that, that they've earned. Um, but I, I would say in many ways, it kind of encapsulates why Norwich fans are so frustrated with David Wagner at this moment in time. Because the way he's trying to play, the way he's trying to set up, just doesn't feel at this moment in time like it's yielding results and it's getting the best out of what should be 
you referenced it there, some some really good players at, at championship level, let alone against a, a League One opponent. So um, I always say you can get draws that feel like a win and draws that feel like a defeat. And, and it felt like a draw that felt like a defeat. And actually the, the replay is, um, excuse me, is not a game that Norwich City needed really between uh, obviously Hull on Friday night and then, uh, and then a big game against West Brom at Carrow Road on, on Saturday. It feels like a really big week for their season. So it's a, a little bit of an unwelcome distraction, but um, yeah, really poor performance. And, well, you know, he went pretty strong in terms of team. It's not like he played a load of, you know, youngsters and 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 um, and, and they were outplayed. Ashley Barnes played, Josh Sargent played, uh, John Rowe came came on, Adam Forshaw played, um, Onel Hernandez played. So, so there, there were some really sort of mainstay, Grant Hanley, Danny Bart, um, mm. Sam McCallum. There, there was a lot of kind of frontline players who, albeit haven't played that much recently, but were in there and should have been good enough to to beat that Bristol Rovers team credit to them they were excellent but um yeah it's it was a really frustrating day and um I think it, it kind of sums up where where Norwich City are at the moment mm-hmm. yeah I think draws that feel sort of like defeats especially as some of our fans will have to go to Birmingham for second time this season which isn't fun um and uh playing quite a strong team and having that extra replay it's exactly the same as Norwich we're not really chuffed about having that I mean if we do go and uh, win at Birmingham you have to play Leicester away in the cup which isn't <laughs> ideal um who are Norwich playing in the next round if they do get through is it worth Liverpool, anything Liverpool, Liverpool away so it's oh, uh, prob- so... probably probably even worse yeah just sort of pointless because they're gonna go and put all that energy into winning away yeah. potentially and then get battered by whoever they play next I mean we are the one of the few teams to have beaten Leicester at home this season but uh, second team, I, I don't know whether that will happen again. Um, so talk a little bit about um, Jonathan Rowe because he had that incredible run at the start of the season and then two great goals at Ipswich, which I'm sure you'll have been happy about with the local derby. So just how good is he? Very, very is 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 the answer. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's probably a little bit of a shame he wasn't available last season. The, the injury sort of kept it, two separate injuries actually, um, really unlucky, kept him out of the entirety of of last season, but um, he's he's come on leaps and bounds actually in, in pre-season. We saw him a little bit towards the end of their Premier League campaign when they got relegated and it's always quite hard to assess young players when they get thrown into those kind of circumstances because they uh, <laughs> they, they run around a, a little bit and, um, and, and that gets a lot of enthusiasm up and stuff. So it, that was quite a difficult sort of period to assess him in. He hadn't actually started a game before Norwich played played Hull on, on the opening day in senior football. Had, had never started a game with of senior football and, and produces that goal in that climate. And I think it, 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 everyone was a bit like, Wolf, OK, there's a there's a talent here. But then to, to go on and, and do what he's done, 11 goals by by Christmas, two, like you said, in, in, in the East Anglian derby. Uh, what a way to to sort of start your career, really. And, and I think there's, there's a recognition now from everybody that Norwich have got a very, very special young English talent on their hands. And, and, and those are, as, as we all know, very prized assets, really. Um, so... It's, it's going to be difficult, I think, beyond this season to keep him. <laughs> and, that, and that's that's the, the problem that Norwich face. But in terms of an academy product coming through and, and, and absolutely adapting to life at championship level, he's been fantastic. I would say that I think more recently, and I'd probably include this Ipswich game in that, I don't think his performances have quite been at the level that they were at the start of the season. I think we have seen a drop off and there was a little bit of a heel injury um, earlier on in the season, which uh, kind of has stifled his performances slightly. But there are still these flashes of quality teed up um, Josh Sargent in the game against Southampton when Norwich had absolutely no right to get a point from that game. Um, Scores goals 
wonderfully has this um really hard to kind of describe it's in an in an innate ability just to try and throw himself on the end of crosses and can almost smell a goal and players either have that or they don't and he absolutely does so um yeah really really good talent not being quite at the level he has been but uh yeah I, I think it's it's hard to put into words the impact that he's had and quite a scary thought to imagine Norwich City without him at, at this moment in time yeah I mean City have uh they've struggled with that Jaden Philogene it's that sort of difficult thing you want these good players but sometimes if they're so good obviously the financial gain from selling is very positive but it's not really nice to just like Philogene we, we signed on a permanent deal but it feels like he's on loan because he's so likely to be sold to a Premier club but uh Connor uh Harry even has asked you uh does it hurt so much that Ipswich are doing so well this season. Although I thought it was funny that Ipswich haven't beaten Norwich for 10 years. They finally have a good season and then they still don't win. 14 years. Yeah. Even, even longer. It's, um, it, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. It's, um, I don't think it's helped is what I would say. I, I don't think it's, it's driven the frustration that's around these parts quite as much as perhaps some people would, would have you believe, but <laughs> it, it obviously doesn't help matters when, when they're looking up the table and, and they're seeing their rivals doing so well. And, um, look, we, we all know how football works. It works in cycles. They've been they've been so poor for such a long period of time. They've been in League One for four years. Everyone knew that there was going to come a period where they hired a coach or they recruited really well or mm. something got going and, and, and they would shoot up the table because, to be frank, they're, they're too big of a club not to do that. Um but but yeah, I, I think I think what what has kind of calmed. I think if Norwich would have lost the East Anglian derby, I think it would have been a lot worse than perhaps it has been, um, because that is in what's been a really tough year. I would say for Norwich City fans, that's kind of been the only thing there is to cling on to. The fact that they were able to to preserve that record, and I know there's there's been a lot of um, jokes made about the celebrations and and whatnot at Portman Road, but it was a celebration of of the record being preserved. So. Um, yeah, it's it, it it is what it is. I don't I don't think it helps, but but equally, I don't think Norwich fans are obsessed with what they what they're doing. Um, no more than anyone else is with their rivals anyway. And uh, yeah, I think I think there is an element of let's see, let's let's see where they end up at, at the end of the season because it, it does look like their their form's starting to take a little bit of a dip. Yeah, I mean, of course, it, it would always take a dip because no matter how good they are um, coming up from League One, they don't have that same sort Correct. of quality yeah. and depth, perhaps that the relegated teams and maybe us with all our signings and West Brom are doing pretty well that they have. Um, but yeah, I mean, it depends. Leeds might bottle it again. I'd enjoy that. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, what are your thoughts on Hull City so far? Because, um, I mean, we could have got a decent point on the first day, but since then, done okay. Just signed Fabio Carvalho on loan from Liverpool today. Um, what do you make of him as a player? I wish they'd have waited <laughs> until after Friday. Yeah, uh, really, really good talent. And um, that's made what was, I think, already a pretty daunting prospect for Norwich City on Friday night. Probably even more daunting, the fact that a player of his calibre has, uh, has, has gone into what is already a very good team. Big fan of, uh, of Liam Rossini. I think he's one of the brightest uh, English coaches around at this moment in time. And uh, you only have to look at how Wayne Rooney, I think, has done without him um, mm. to kind of show his his quality and obviously what he's done at Hull subsequently. Really, really good footballing side um, and the progress that you guys have been able to make under him is is phenomenal. Um, 
And yeah, I, I think Norwich fans probably enter the game on Friday with, with a huge amount of trepidation, even though you guys have only won one of your last five. I think there's a feeling that it's a game that really could go wrong for, for Norwich and um, almost be, you know, we spoke about David Wagner earlier, almost be uh, another kind of nail in, in, in his coffin um, if, if it goes the way that many Norwich fans were expecting. But I, I, I would say that there's, there's not a lot of, of Norwich fans who are <laughs> looking forward to this game at all. Um, they, they feel they're huge underdogs. Sometimes that helps. Football's a funny thing, isn't it? But yeah, with the, with the quality you, you have um, and the feeling that's around Norwich City at the moment, that there, there should be a real opportunity for Hull here, I think, to, to mm-hmm. get themselves back in the top six. But yeah, yeah ma- majorly impressed. And I think, to be fair, you could see some of that quality on, on the opening day. Uh, Norwich were running hot during that period. Like I said, there's a lot of controversy around the, the, the winning goal. But yeah, I've I've been really impressed from afar about how Hull have um how Hull have, have conducted themselves and uh, and and how they play football and and how Liam Rossini sets them up. So um yeah, it's uh it's really good to to see what what you guys have done after what's been quite a few tough years for for you guys as a football club. Yeah, I mean every time our owner speaks, it's brilliant. I mean he was just on Sky the other day, basically confirming two really good signings: Cavalier and then a the goalkeeper who might be announced before the game but probably won't play um but uh yeah we talked about Cavalio is probably the main danger man for Hull City we've talked about Roe Gabriel Sara the um player of the season for Norwich last season is he the other one to look out for on Friday yeah definitely uh for for me in terms of sort of creativity he's he's, he's been or he is one of I think the the best at, at this level is um he's a remark he's almost like a a, a Rolls Royce in a Peugeot garage I think is is the best way to <laughs> to describe him he's he, he's excellent very few players have, have created more opportunities than than he has this season and that's in a team that's been really poor for 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 the most part and not performed to the level that that they would expect again like John Rowe really probably a player that Norwich fans are uh, are making the most of for the period that they have him because I think he's he's destined for. For the Premier League and 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 a really good sort of Premier League club, maybe even top end Premier League club as well. He's he's that good. Um, uh, saying that he, he's not scored, I think, in eight games now, maybe, maybe even slightly longer than that. And um, David Wagner's played him in a slightly deeper role, which he's kind of faded out a little bit. He's a lot better when he's pushed further forward. That's largely been because Kenny McLean's been playing as a centre back, and uh, yeah, it's 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 all kind of had a knock on effect. But he's a, he's a brilliant footballer, classy, just one of the footballers that you really want to watch growing up because he reminds you why you kind of fell in love with the game. He's, he's that type. He's not kind of a a silky, skillful Brazilian in in the way that we would think of the Enios, you know. Um, but he he is a very very good central midfield player a bit box to box uh, lots of energy lots of quality um and yeah it's been it's been a pleasure actually to watch him develop since he since he came over from Norwich uh, from Sao Paulo sorry he's been uh not he was Norwich's first signing directly from South America after what was four years of work and um that you know he's proven to be an excellent signing so yeah he's uh he's fabulous and uh it's one of the the few elements of this Norwich City team that is um that is often raved about because of his quality Mm-hmm. Well, before we get on to our predictions, which has become increasingly controversial in recent weeks with the predictions me and the, the other people on the podcast have been throwing out recently, one thing I do like to do, um, just to sort of kill time on the main episodes, but I thought I'd get your perspective as well and hopefully not insult you too much, um, is this combined lineup I've made of the whole city and Norwich City lineups. I did have another one, but then since we signed Fabio Carvalho, I thought 
he might just about sneak in. Um, <laughs> so I've made a new one um, for people listening in. Uh, I'll just read it out. We've got Angus Gunn in goal, uh, and then Matty Jacob, who scored in the FA Cup. And then, of course, that creates Jacob Greaves at the back, which is a nice sort of thing. Uh, so Greaves at the back, Jones, uh, is it Matt Stacey? That right back? Jack Stacey, yeah. Jack Stacey. Yep. That's definitely what I said. Um, Tyler Morton, Ozan Tufan, Gabriel Sara, Jonathan Rowe, new signing Fabio Carvalho and Aaron Connolly up front. So, obviously, we are only a few points above us, or above Norwich in the league. Again, it's sort of difficult to make these when both teams are sort of out of form, because I sort of just do it on form, because it feels like sometimes no one is sort of des- deserving to be in their, their lineup. But what do you think of this? Are the Norwich players I've included the right ones, or should there be some that aren't in? I, I think the only one I could make an argument for excuse me, is, uh, is is Josh Sargent as as, as the striker. I think, yeah, it, 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 like you say, it's skewed a little bit because he's had such a long period away from for, mm. with, with an ankle injury and um, has, has only just returned and is probably likely to make his, his first championship start since August on Friday night. Um, but a really powerful, intelligent, all-round striker, really, and um, someone who Norwich have, have missed tremendously, a real goal threat and really really capable really strong really powerful um so he is probably the only one i could make a case for i think it would be very difficult for me to make a case for 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 anybody else if i'm if i'm being honest looking at at, at that lineup i guess kenny mclean could could have a shout in a in that holding midfield position but um beyond that i'm i'm, I'm struggling a little bit so yeah i i would probably push sergeant ahead of of Connolly, um, but that that would probably be the only argument that I could I could realistically mm-hmm. make. And, and again, I recognise the sample on Sargent's not that big, so maybe Connolly would slightly have the edge on him at the moment. Well, see, these things are really difficult because um, I mean the bias comes in a huge amount, and plus I don't really know what the other players are like. Sometimes I'll include players that I think mostly it's been wingers and fullbacks that we've not had great seasons in. Whoever the fit fullback is at right back at the moment, go straight in um, because all of us are injured really um, for the opposition team. But um, Connolly, again, he's not had a huge amount of minutes. He's got the uh, third best goals to minute ratio in the league. Um, but then how far you can go off that stat isn't too much because Tom Eaves, who we used to have, who's not very good and has only got two goals, is number two in that sort of table. So, yeah, difficult. But, uh, yeah, Sargent's a decent player. I couldn't possibly allow you to have um, McLean over Tyler Morton. He's been incredible. But uh, maybe McLean, if he's been playing deeper, could be one of the centre-backs, possibly. With Greaves to left-back. But, yeah, these things are just for fun. So, people give me criticism for these, but I've got a whole lot better, I think, over recent years. But... um, (laughs) Something I've not got better at is predictions. I recently sort of jokingly predicted we'd beat Sheffield Wednesday 5-0 and then got lots of nasty messages from Sheffield Wednesday fans after that. Um, and that means I'm basically going to start predicting ridiculous wins every time we play. So don't take this seriously. But Connor, um, add some gravitas and some realism perhaps. What's your prediction for Hull against Norwich? 
think it's I think it's going to be a really tough night for Norwich. If I, if I'm honest with you, I, I just think the circumstances, the mood around it, obviously the addition of, of Fabio Carvalho into into Hull's lineup, the X factor that that's going to bring full house at the Hull's home ground. I think all of those elements are going to be really difficult for this Norwich side who are low on confidence to overcome. I would expect them to be pretty pragmatic in in their approach and pretty conservative in their approach and I think that will that will probably suit Hull City so um, reluctantly and sadly I'm, I'm going to go for a 2-1 home win mm-hmm. Yeah I think 2-1 that doesn't sound so bad defensively we're a bit suspect at the moment so it might just be a case of outscoring um, yeah I mean Summer and Rowe could get some Connolly two fan players like that and Cavalio maybe Billy Sharp off the bench could get some goals but um, I mean I don't really know I've sort of given up I've lost interest in the prediction leaderboard we have. So I was going to go 5-0 every time. We've got Carvalho. Maybe that'll make it 7. Um, but let's be realistic. And 2-1 um, win doesn't sound so bad, actually. I might just predict the exact same thing. Maybe just, yeah. I mean, Will, he predicts 3-0 every single game. And he's second in the leaderboard we have, so... Blimey. Not such a bad idea, but I'll go 2 1 win. I, I like that. I'll steal that off you. So, Connor, thank you very much for coming on, being a fantastic guest. Do you want to just plug all the stuff you do for a moment? Yeah, every, everything that I, could, I do can be found at uh, pinkin.com uh, or um, uh, what's formerly known as Twitter uh, at pinkin. So, um, that that's the best place to go for, for all of my content, or obviously the handle that's underneath my name for, for, for me personally. So, yeah, that's that's the best place to go. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Hope you've had a good time. And thanks to everyone who's liked and retweeted and shared and done all that good stuff online to to the Tahamak podcast. So thank you very much and we'll see you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.